Hi, and welcome to episode 61 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher at iPhone Life. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor at iPhone Life. Each week we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. This week our sponsor is OtterBox, and so that's why we have all these products out on the table to show you. Uh, yeah, so OtterBox is one of our sponsors. As you know, OtterBox is really known as a case manufacturer. They're the industry leader. They have really high quality cases, great drop protection. They also have a line of Universe series, which has uh, accessories baked into it. They have life proof, which is waterproof. They now have a line of accessories. And what I love about these is that they're all products that everybody needs. Uh, but nobody's quite sure where to get them. Like you can go on Amazon and buy them, but it's such a crapshoot of what you're getting and whether or yeah. not it's good. And if you get a cord, whether it's that's not, bad. it's even real, like yeah. authentic, or and Apple MFI. Certified. And if yeah. you get something that isn't MFI certified, it can ruin your phone. Right. So these are all high quality. They're affordable. They're made by OtterBox, which is an industry leader, and they're really nice products. So we have a few of them here. Uh, Sarah, you were using the cable, right? I love it. It's long. It's a 10-foot cable, Ooh. which is, um, I keep telling myself I'm not going to do this anymore, but I totally use my phone in bed all the time. Um, <laughs> and this is a USB to lightning cable? Yeah. Oh, nice. And, um, and it's great if you plug it in in your car because it can go to the back seat if you don't have, mm -hmm. you know, like newer cars tend to have um, USB ports in the back as well, but not always. And sometimes mm -hmm. there's not enough to go around if you got a car full of kids with devices that need charging. So um, I love it. And it's super, it doesn't tangle, it's really sturdy. In my That's opinion, awesome. every single person needs a non-Apple charging cable. Because the yeah. Apple charging cables, A, they're not long enough, B, they fray, uh, see, they get tangled. So mm. a high-quality cable is really important. Uh, OtterBox has a great one. They yeah, all, I need yeah. one of these, and actually. actually, I, you know, I, I bought a fuse chicken cables for my kids because I got tired of constantly replacing their cables. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they're, they're encased in, like, this sort of bendy metal, which seemed really cool but actually makes it really awkward um, to use. And... These ones they're not good up. for traveling because they're no. bulky. Whereas a case, uh, a cable now those ones like if you have an animal that's going to chew on it, might be a good choice. But <laughs> yeah, ran with for, her cats. Yeah, but for me, uh, I find myself really preferring this OtterBox cable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, my husband Tyler really needs one of these because he has one of the Apple Lightning cables that for years has been frayed, and mm -hmm. it's like. It just, it somehow is still working, but it's hanging on by a thread, and the OtterBox ones just seem so much more sturdy. Yeah, and they also have a couple other things. They have this USB wall charger, which everybody, of course, needs wall chargers. It's you nice never to have, have enough extra. You always lose them. Uh, they have a battery pack that's uh, 10,000 milliamps, so lots of really great accessories. We'll link to, you can, of course, go to otterbox.com. The car charger. You can't forget about the car You've gotta charger. got to have these things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're all really practical uh, accessories. We'll link to them uh, if you want a link to the actual accessory page. Otherwise, you can, of course, just go to otterbox.com and look around. 
So next up, we want to talk to you about our tip of the day newsletter. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up to get one email each day that teaches you something you can do with your iPhone or iPad in just one minute. Mm -hmm. And since Apple has so many amazing features with iOS that it's impossible to know all of them, we'll help you in that way. Uh, and it's a really small time investment and it's a completely free. So go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up for that. And, uh, yeah. and oh, it's always ahead. free. One of the things we first, we get people who sign up for it and then they email us and like, when do I get charged? It's it's free. It will remain free. Don't yeah. worry. There's no catch in it. Uh, it's completely free. So iPhoneLife.com/slash/daily-tip. Yeah, and this week uh, the tip that we have that we're featuring is how to see how much cellular data your apps are using. Ooh. And uh, you know, some people have unlimited data now. Some carriers are offering that, but most of us don't. And so you have to keep an eye on how much data you're using. And there might be, if you've had some overage fees, you might want to check and see uh, which apps you're using that are causing the problem. So if you go to your settings app on your phone and then go to cellular, under there you'll see a list, under it says use cellular, da cellular data for, you'll see a list of all of your apps and it's pretty small lettering underneath, so you might not have noticed, but it'll tell you how much data in this past month you've used. So you might see like, oh, is it Facebook or YouTube that I've been, you know, Right. spending all my data on yeah i think that's great because like i have verizon and the verizon app will tell me you know how much data i've used and everyone else on my plan and uh -huh. even like oh this was used for like web things this was used for social media it gets that specific but it doesn't tell you exactly which apps now i'm pretty sure for my kids it's instagram and snapchat <laughs> um and for me it's facebook but it's nice to know for sure because then you can change your habits with those apps yeah, and it's right in that same settings page. You can also turn cellular data off for that app. So video streaming, for instance, takes up a lot of your data. So mm -hmm. it might be a good idea to turn cellular data off for YouTube so that you don't find yourself uh, watching a movie when you weren't connected to Wi-Fi by accident and suddenly using many gigabytes of data. I'm curious, just as, uh, and this can maybe be our question of the week, what apps are using the most data for you? Uh, I'm curious what yeah. you guys are seeing. Uh, one of the things that I will say is annoying about it is it's in alphabetical order, so you can't sort by which apps use the most data. That would be handy. Uh, one app that it snuck up on, my, this actually happened to my mom, and uh, I'm seeing it sort of happening to me too, which is the App Store has used 8 gigabytes of data for me. Whoa. Which means I've, oh, probably that means You have I'm, auto app downloads and you have cellular turned on for it. I don't know that I do, but what I do is I'll often download apps when I have data, when I don't have Wi-Fi, mm. and that's likely what's doing it. This is for the lifetime of the phone. I think so. Basically, mine is showing me that... gigabytes of data for Facebook. Oh, really? Well, I, mine's like all in the uh, megabytes I basically use my phone on Wi-Fi the vast majority of the time, so I really don't have any data problems. I have Facebook's 14 gigabytes, but that to me that's shocking how close the App Store is to Facebook because I don't use the App Store. You know, I use Facebook daily. Yeah, my highest is Facebook at one gigabyte. By the way, I wanted to share as a sort of addition to this uh, tip to get to your cellular settings quickly rather than opening settings and scrolling to cellular and tapping on that, just uh, if you have one of the newer models of the iPhone, 3D Touch, the settings app icon, and just tap cellular data and you'll go right there. 
Oh, good one. Very awesome. cool. Uh, that's a great second tip. Spotify. That's what I was looking for. 40 gigs for Spotify. Whoa. I mean, if you're listening to music while you're in a road trip and you hadn't downloaded it, you're going to use it. Yeah. Now, that being said, this is, I, maybe I've had, I don't think I've had my phone for longer, but I use regularly between one to two gigabytes, and I almost never go over, unlike somebody who's sitting at this table. <laughs> hey, I just moved, and I didn't have internet yet. Usually, I'm under one gigabyte. So this is my my, my point is is not to make fun of Sarah, although that's usually a, a side benefit. My <laughs> my point is that those the what I'm giving you there is for over a long stretch of time. I certainly haven't used forty gigs on Spotify in a month. It's like over probably a year yeah, or two. And or you know more. what? I f- I find it's worth going in and checking because sometimes when you like an app gets updated, um, or for instance, I found I had to send my phone in to get repaired. And when I got it back and I set it up again for my backup, for some reason, a lot of apps, the cellular data got turned on again. Mm. So you need to go in and check and make sure that through an update or whatever, it hasn't gotten turned back on somehow by accident because, you know, I saw in there in my settings that uh, I'd used like one, almost two gigabytes of data for my music, but I have, I have, you know, a lot of storage on my phone and I just have all my music that I listen to regularly just downloaded. And so it shouldn't be streaming songs when I'm out of Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. and yet it was. So yeah. yeah, yeah. One note too on this same settings page at the bottom, you can hit reset statistics oh, to start over. Okay. So if you're wanting to track it for a certain date range, you can control it manually that way. So that's another yeah. another yeah, sign. I mean, tip. And you could even say something like, "Hey Siri, remind me at the beginning of every month to reset my data statistics." There you go. Yeah, and I just. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, so July 21st and every month after that, I there will now go. have... That's yep. so funny. Um, uh, so go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up uh, for, our, for our tip of the day newsletter, which you don't want to miss out on. And send us an email, uh, podcast at iphonelife.com. Let us know what apps are using up the most data for you, especially if they're surprising, if they're things you didn't see coming. Yeah, and if you're going to change what you're doing in any way. And if you have any funny stories <laughs> about <laughs> accidental data usage, just let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or they might not be funny to you because you might have paid a lot of money for them. <laughs> so uh, next up, we want to tell you about our iPhone Life Insider program. This is our premium subscription. Uh, so our daily tips is our free offering, and our premium subscription gets you so much more. You get a digital subscription to the magazine and access to our full archive. You get uh, in-depth guides, so this is really an educational service for you that will teach you how to use your iPhone, your iPad, Apple TV, all of your devices, and all the cool things you can do with your device. You know, you spend so much money on these devices to not fully use them and get the full benefit from them. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you can learn how to, like, manage all your photos, how to use iCloud, uh, how to take great photography with your phone. Really, all there's so many things you can do with your device, and we just help you in all of those areas. We've got a great iPad guide, an Apple TV guide, a, mm-hmm. an Apple Watch guide. So we've got you covered for all your Apple devices, and especially with the iPhone, we've got some really great in-depth content, Siri, uh, yeah. all sorts of stuff. And iOS 11 is coming up, so uh, when, when Apple releases iOS 11, at the same time, we'll release our iOS 11 guide so that you learn how to use all of the new features right as it comes out. Mm-hmm. So go to iphonelife.com slash insider to sign up. And uh, our final feature is that we have Ask an Editor, which means that you can send in any tech questions you have to Sarah, because then I'm some sort of specific question that you can't find an easy answer for. 
will arise and it's nice to have someone you can call on who you know can help you out. So Sarah's that person. So uh, Sarah's gonna share with us a recent insider question. All right, so here's the question. He says, I'm trying to help out a friend where the husband, wife, and kids are all using the same Apple ID for oh. everything. No! <laughs> How many times do we have to tell these people? <laughs> Don't do this. So what is the best way to split them up so they each get their own backups, etc.? I know they can continue to use the old Apple ID for iTunes and app purchases. Or do you think family sharing is better? Dun, dun, dun. Can you suggest the least painful way to split up everyone's iPhones and iPads to separate accounts? <laughs> I'm really glad they're doing this. Um, this is a good idea. Um, I don't think it's possible to do it completely pain-free, unfortunately. Um, but it will be pain-free going forward, and so it's really worth it. Set, yeah. So, um, so some data, for instance, like you know, games, like your progress in a game, or you know, message conversations. Those will all go with whoever keeps the original Apple ID. Um, and and some things you can re-access again, like the photos can be, you know, you know, turn on the family sharing photo. I've clearly I'm recommending go with family sharing. Um, mm -hmm. but so then you'll still be able to access all the photos that, you know, may have been taken on the different devices and are all stored in the same iCloud. And so um, whoever's gonna set up and manage the family sharing. Uh, should be the one who keeps the original Apple ID, and everyone else will should get a new one, um, and then they'll be able to re-download any of the apps that they want on their device that have been purchased with that Apple ID via fam family sharing. And I sent this insider a link to how to set up family sharing and mm -hmm. and um, and how to you know create the Apple ID and all those things. So which will, family sharing is something we also have a guide for, so this insider can watch that. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I should let him know. I, I didn't yeah. tell him. And then, um, so they can either just log out of, you know, they don't have to necessarily erase the device. They could just log out of all the services that require the Apple ID and then log in with their new ones. Um, that may initially ease some of the pain, but really I would recommend resetting the device, you know, erasing it, setting it up as new with a new Apple ID so there's not any weird things hanging out. There's not any like pain going forward. There will be initial pain, like ripping the Band-Aid off, <laughs> and then um, and then and then there will be like just fewer complications. And so that's what I would recommend for this uh, person. Yeah, um, we're proud of this person for taking this step, yeah. getting the, their own Apple IDs. The it's, first step is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a whole new world open to you when you can make purchases and not have your kids see them <laughs> and you can send text messages and not have your kids see them you can have photos that they can't see it's amazing <laughs> so <Just> okay. do it <laughs> uh, like you said really you're kind of assigning who has the pain not avoiding the pain uh it is a really good question because we've talked a lot about this on the podcast of everybody needs their own apple id never share an apple id because you have family sharing, so you can still have the benefit of linked accounts without actually having linked accounts. I mm -hmm. guess my question to you is, what is, like, the person who keeps the ID, of course, gets to keep all of it. The other people, what is it that they're missing out on? Okay, so if, for instance, if one of the kids has purchased a game mm -hmm. on the Apple ID and they're going to lose their progress. Mm -hmm. like so they'll they, get the game, but they won't get their progress. Right. They'll lose the data associated with that. And messages, you know, I, I'm guessing that they just have iMessages turned off, mm -hmm. which, you know, you're missing out on a lot of fun, fun features, um, but they will lose those message conversations. So yeah, you lose a lot of app history. 
Right. That is associated with that one Apple ID. But, you're starting from you know, scratch. Well, but you're not totally because, you know, you can re-download those games. You can get back the music. You can, you know. And any text message to the phone number will be synced with you to that phone. Text, it's only iMessages. Yeah, it's only, only iMessages. Which I'm assuming, actually, they're not using. They're probably not going to yeah. be really confusing. But if you're setting the phone up as new, you're probably going to lose... You might lose some text messages. It's not as bad as, as I actually would have thought. Yeah. No, I, and I think it's so worth it. It's really just so much more convenient and just better for everyone. Calendar would we be another We also one. have an Apple ID collection. Sometimes we round up a collection of our best tips. So in our Insider uh, program, you have access to that. And it teaches, we go through a lot of these issues mm -hmm. and have a roundtable discussion where the three of us kind of break down get into more why you want to have your own Apple ID, what it means, and what to do in situations like when you forget your password and stuff like that. So Yeah, so another good reason to sign up for Insider. Yeah. And if you do decide to sign up for Insider, shoot us an email, podcast at iPhoneLife.com, because we, we're yeah. not using any tracking here. I'd love to know, like, are, is this helping? Are, do you like that we include our Insider questions? Is it, you know, did you sign up because of it? We'd love to hear from you. Yes, definitely. I like including them because I feel like... They're, it's not that they're necessarily advanced things, but it's kind of like drawing together all sorts of different aspects that you know you might just see a little bit of in a mm -hmm. daily tip mm -hmm. and sort of applying it in a more holistic way that can be really useful for a specific situation that, in this case, a lot of people have had to go yeah. through. All right, awesome. Are we ready to move on to Apple complaints and learning? Oh, yes. yeah. All right, so we have a few kind of built up because it's been a couple episodes since we've done our complaints and learning. So some of us might have more than one. I, Sarah, do you want to share yours with us? Okay, well, I have for my learning, because I have a complaint and something I learned. Oh. <laughs> um, I discovered some things about the activity app, which is kind of embarrassing that I just discovered them because I've, I used the activity and workout apps a lot. I didn't know either, and I it know. changed my life. Okay, so <laughs> I am making the entire office run a 5K with me this fall, and I've been doing it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I've been doing the Couch to 5K app to track my running, and but I also like to track it on my workout app so that David gets notifications. I don't know why, but like the idea of David getting so many notifications about all of my little workouts. I get so many notifications. She's yeah. constantly working out. She has an, an elliptical under her desk, so all day at work, I get notifications about her workouts. Yeah. To be you, fair, you know, you I usually only do two or three. <laughs> I'm but really then I feel bad. I have to send her a congratulatory text yeah. each time. Yeah. No, we love getting each other's updates. If, if you follow us on the podcast, this is something we've been doing for a while. The three of us are like activity buddies with our Apple Watches. So uh -huh. we, whenever we log an activity, the other people get a notification and then we send them cheesy congratulatory texts afterwards. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah's yeah. the one I can count on most. Like most workouts, Ooh. I get something from her. I feel very supported by Sarah. Oh, oh. no. Hey, every workout notification I get from you, David, I send you something. Yeah, she's just yeah, you, she's no, very Sarah's consistent. great, yeah, yeah, and I'm less consistent. I'm sorry, yeah. but I really do think you guys are doing a great job working out. No. Good job, all of us. Should we get anyway, a hug? Yeah. Um, or we could, I could finish talking about the thing. Yeah. So the, the problem is when I'm tracking this run on my uh, workout app, I walk for the first five minutes to warm up, and I walk for the last five minutes to cool down, and that throws off my like speed per mile You're average. Like, I'm not this slow, I promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, I've sent screenshots of my workout to my boyfriend, and I'm like, really, I'm not that slow. I was walking. <laughs> and, um, but it turns out that during the workout, in the workout app on your Apple Watch, if you double tap the screen, 
it will you can do workout segments. So it will segment out the, that first five minutes of walking, and then you know when you're finished with your run, you tap it again, and it will segment out the last five minutes of walking, and then you can get an accurate picture of how fast you're running, and you know if you care how fast you're walking. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's really awesome. Right, and, and it just probably more accurate, accurately tracks your calorie burn too, I'd imagine. Maybe, because you're still within the like running thing. I don't know if it um, does or not. I mean, it's tracking your heartbeat. That's how it, yeah. so. Um, and, and if you're like me, who is not as far along in the couch to 5K, I, I walk at regular intervals throughout the the, right. slash, the you know run, so therefore it's really nice for me because it's it's nice to see my different segments and the pace I'm going. Yeah, it was really frustrating when I was in the earlier weeks where there was, you know, I mean, you start out walking more than you're running, and at this mm-hmm. point I'm I'm running the whole time. But, yeah, if it really – it's nice to know how fast you're running, and it's impossible to tell when you're walking, like, every few minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, my complaint for the week. Uh, oh, this is funny. I have why isn't low power mode in control center. Last episode, we talked about how in iOS 11, you're going to be able to customize your control center, which is the little panel that you swipe up from the bottom of your screen that lets you access your most common settings. And low power mode is not in there right now, which I think is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, with iOS 11, the fix is coming soon. I don't know whether it's actually just there automatically or if you if it's one of the ones you can add um, just by manually customizing it. But I definitely will be having that in my control center in iOS 11. I have a tip for you. All right, let's hear it. Um, just like you can 3D touch the settings app icon to quickly get to your cellular data, you can 3D touch the mm-hmm. settings app icon to quickly get to your battery and then turn Ooh. the power 3D touching on. settings icon is, is a game changer. I, it, it really is. It really is a big It would difference. be faster and more convenient to have it in control center, but this is a really That's nice solution. Awesome. Yeah. The yeah. third thing you can do 3D touching the game se- uh, the settings is go to your Bluetooth, which is really nice when you're trying I to sync speakers. It. Oh, that's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Do you guys want to hear my second complaint? Yes. yes. Um, why, I, why can't you use your sleep-wake button to take a photo? Uh, when you're in the camera app right now, you can use your volume up or down to take a photo. But sometimes you have it's it upside like, down. yeah, you have it upside yeah. down, and it'd be really nice. Like I hate that when you, when have you it accidentally all... turn your phone off. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, say cheese, and oh, then you turn no. your phone off. I just feel like they should just make it easier for us. Yeah, and, and like well, when are you when you have like a big phone? Yeah, by the way, are hard. I have people who are watching the video can see I have a pop socket, which makes it so much easier to to take selfies and like I can't believe you don't talk about the pop socket Sarah's more. Sarah's so proud of her Because you talk socket. about it like all day. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you said pop socket in singular because I have a pop, pop socket <laughs> to match like every case I own. And I own a lot of cases. <laughs> so uh, yes, if you're watching the, the camera, you can see that I specifically bought this pop socket to match uh, my... Geometric pattern one. Yeah. I nice. will say I'm starting to come around. I've been a pop socket hater. I think I'm the only one in the office because I'm like, I don't get it. You just hold your phone. What's the difference? But I sometimes I'm trying to text, and it's hard. And I'm like, if only I had like that extra little it's leverage. So hard, I could David. Do it. It's with, so well, with hard. The, I know with the <laughs> I, with the iPhone Seven Plus, it's hard to text one handed. It really is. It is, and you know, I hate the stupid like double tap the home screen to bring the screen down. Like it doesn't really help for texting on the keyboard. Yeah, I hate yeah. the reachability stuff. Yeah, I just realized with the sleep wake button, the camera. I don't know if this is really a good fix to be able to take a picture with that because 
then you'd have to close out your camera app in order to let your, put your phone to sleep. Well, I was going to make that comment. It's like, it, it, but I'm not sure. <laughs> like when you have your camera app open, uh, like how many times you open up your camera app and then turn off your phone? Like okay, I'm never so, like opening you know, up my camera can, app to turn off my phone. I don't even yeah. know where my lightning Apple earbuds are anymore. Um, those tend to be co-opted by my kids like <laughs> shortly after I open the box. But you can plug that in and use the volume buttons on your... Oh, yeah, it's true. This is the cool. best way to take photos. Yeah. Because you don't... Like, whether you're tapping your Honestly, screen or using yeah. the buttons here, the ear, you're going to shake your phone. The AirPods are... Um, and that's not AirPods, by the way. It's EarPods. The ones that come with your device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Apple earbuds. Um, they're kind of useless, except for as a shutter remote. I love yeah. mine. I'm on record. I have so many pairs of earbuds... I still almost exclusively use my Apple earpods because the like I, the other I like ones like seal your ear, which is supposed to be like better audio quality. But like then I can't hear anything, and my it's ears are uncomfortable. Yeah, I like with earpods. I you just love throw them in. They the don't. World out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do, if I want to shut the world out, I'll use my noise. No, I really I don't phones. mind them. I just. <laughs> can't find mine and I have I mean like lately I've been using these wireless um iSport victory ones from Jabra that are awesome (laughs) and um and I love them and of course like you know in the last episode we talked about the Libertone zip speaker Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have the Libertone Qdapt on ear headphones and those are amazing I have those too they're really nice I love them yeah I really like this this photography tip though this the first time I heard it was when we did a partner course for the insider with iPhone photography school and it was in a lesson about street photography because this is a handy tip for selfies if you don't want to have shake but also, if you're doing street photography, you can have your earpods in, be walking around, and take photos really inconspicuously. Yeah. I mean, street you know. photography, also known as stalking. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was just like, like, I, this I, sounds I, creepy, but yeah. really, with street photography, like to in order to catch any sort of spontaneous. So you're talking more like candid shots rather than like creeper yeah. shots. No, yeah. street photography is amazing. I'm going to have it, to stand yeah, up for this. It, it is. And I agree. I feel it was like just the way you said to, it. Like, yeah. Anytime someone says I want to take photos inconspicuously, I just think you're up to no good. But <laughs> I know. But like there is, people get self-conscious in front of the camera. That's true. And so being able to not have, first of all, like a huge camera in someone's face where they're going to clam up and not act natural. Uh, you can have your iPhone, which is stealthy, and then be using this so that you're not like, you know, not being obvious about it, so. Cool. It's a good tip. All right, you guys ready for mine? I'm really excited. Yeah. So yeah. I, li- I like to think of myself as being kind of like an iPhone expert and, and knowing generally most things, but honestly, like, I learned so much in this podcast. Like, both mm-hmm. the last two tips we had just blew my mind. Like, I didn't right. know from the last podcast, if you didn't listen, just closing all of your tabs in Safari with one tap amazing with one long press one yeah. long press thanks <laughs> <laughs> um so the this tip actually my girlfriend taught me this uh if you're in control center you can 3d touch the bottom row and yep. it gives you other options i should read our daily tips <laughs> you know i know apparently i need to no i do read them but we it's every day we've been sometimes doing it we have one. over 800 tips now so sometimes i forget about them uh so you haven't memorized every all 800 david but i'm really excited about oh. this let me tell this the flashlight if you 3d touch it it gives you low light medium light and bright light it's really, really nice. convenient. And the other ones I thought were cool too. If you 3D touch on the calculator, it'll copy last result. So like if you're like 
I actually don't know why that's useful. I feel like only David would be excited about that with his, like, spreadsheet stuff. <laughs> it's a calculator. It's not a spreadsheet. Uh, I, you can do a... T- oh, look. I think that's on the exciting. timer, you can do, like, all these different auto timer options. There's a lot of cool 3D yeah. touch things on the control center that I never knew about. All right. So we're going to move into our final section of the podcast where we're going to share our favorite apps. Last uh, episode, we focused on gear. So we thought we'd stick to apps this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my favorite app right now is Overcast. Have you guys tried it? I don't think so. What is no. it? It's a podcasting app. Um, in general, I've stuck to just the plain podcast app from Apple. And there are a lot of other podcast apps that have better features. One of my there. complaints for the week that I was going to complain about in a future week is... <laughs> oh, I keep like a log. Out your no, I have a log of so many complaints. You guys don't even know. So funny. <laughs> um is how terrible the podcast app is. It's yeah. just awful. Well, why? I don't know if it's awful. I mean, I wasn't that unhappy with it, but it can. It could be better. It could be yeah. a lot better. I just find it difficult to navigate. It's like, yeah, I don't quite understand when I subscribe to an app, like when it downloads the app, mm-hmm. when it doesn't. I mean, you can go into settings and and do that. <laughs> right, well, so, my point is, it's not easy and intuitive. It's okay? not that good. Yeah. So Overcast, a good thing about it is that, my favorite thing about it is that it has two settings that are really great. One is smart speed, and this, um, it cuts out a lot of the silences between words. (laughs) Bless you, David. Um, It cuts out a lot of the silences between words, but in a way that's not really obvious. When you, like, I've tried listening to podcasts when you speed up to even. I hate that. Like, even just I a little bit. I love it. And it can, it can quickly sound weird and just the listening experience is not great. So this cuts out silences but still sounds really nice. And then there's voice boost, too, which just lifts the audio quality of, uh, of the speakers. Mm. And so with both of those, I was just, I was really noticing a difference in That's the listening experience. So you can listen to it faster, but it's not quite the, like, somebody drank a gallon of coffee before they started it's yeah well the words themselves aren't faster it's the spaces between words are shortened that is that's nice. cool because i listen to podcasts um like speedier like uh-huh. words aren't working for me today <laughs> but I, I work on it and like i listen to them like at a faster speed so i can get through like more episodes yeah uh, there's just more podcasts than i have time to listen to yeah which i think is is great and this is nice too because you can you can um Mess with that in smaller increments. You can have smart speed and voice boost on and also have more control over exactly how much you're speeding up. Whereas Apple, it goes from like 1 to 1.25 to 1.5. And those are huge jumps in terms they of how, how fast mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So Overcast is great. Downcast is another podcasting app which has even more features. But honestly, it like has so many features. It starts getting a little like I didn't find the experience as good. But one cool thing about Downcast is it has priority sorting, meaning that if you listen to a daily podcast that you want to listen to each day, you can have that always show up at the top. Oh, so that I love that. You're, like, because those that are the ones cool. you really want to listen to the day of. And if it gets kind of pushed down in your list, it's not no use to you anymore. So mm-hmm. that's a nice thing to have control over, which in the podcast app you don't have. So you know what I Downcast find... and Overcast are worth I, checking. I have out. a complaint about the podcast app, which I. You know, I just said I loved the podcast app, but um, if you don't, I mean, I tend to listen to podcasts all at once, like I'll be doing a long drive and so I've saved up all my podcasts, but if you don't listen to a podcast for a while, it stops downloading them and then if you're like, oh yeah, it's not even that I necessarily mind, I don't find that streaming podcasts uses, you know, as much data as streaming other kinds of media. Right. 
But sometimes, like, in Iowa, like, miles from anywhere, you're just not going to get the the coverage, the cellular coverage, to effectively stream mm-hmm. it. And that's always disappointing. Yeah. Um, I feel like I had a final note. Oh, just my also favorite podcast. This is a little extra tip. Invisibilia. You should check it out. It's not, a good podcast. Not iPhone Life Podcast. <laughs> and the iPhone Life Other podcast. than iPhone Life Podcast. Yeah. Invisibilia, yeah. Yeah. Invisibilia is great. I haven't listened to it, and I'm about to go on a trip tomorrow, so I will check it out. You should check it out. I've been listening to S-Town, which I've been really enjoying. This is the sequel, or... It's, like, produced by the Serial people. Right, which which, probably most of our listeners have heard of Serial, I would uh think. I feel like it's one of the podcasts that really helped podcasts blow up, because everybody was listening to it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And also, I've been listening to Malcolm Gladwell's... uh, Is it Revisionist History? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, David turned me on to that one. I liked it. What about you, Sarah? What are some of your favorite Um, podcasts? I really like the Racist Sandwich podcast. It's, um, you know, I'm really into food, but this is more, (laughs) this isn't more like, ooh, we're going to talk about this particular dish that we cooked and mm, isn't it yummy? It's more like, let's talk about this food in the con, like the social historical context of, you know, like, so it's more really about like culture and, you know, social issues and how the food we eat sort of plays into that. And that's pretty interesting to me. It's a that different fascinating. It's a different take on, you know, it's much different from your average food podcast. And um, I like Merriam Webster's Word of the Day. Oh yeah, you're telling me about that. Um, and they're <laughs> so quick. They're like, you know, just like a couple minutes. They just say the word and that's it. And they define it. <laughs> they say the word, they define it, they tell you how to pronounce it and boom, so you're easy, done. So simple. <laughs> and then I, I also like um, Against the Grain, which is like kind of a leftist uh, like radio show in Berkeley. Um, but they talk about it's like a different mm-hmm. they talk about like news stories that you don't hear about like generally and so that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then because you know they're they have a lot of college professors on, so you get to hear about like sort of the latest like academic books that people are writing about like current issues. So again, it's it's just like an interesting take on current events and that you might not get from. But definitely, if you're you have more conservative politics, you might not like it. Although I tend to like to listen to th- like politic things across the spectrum, just because I enjoy hearing all, all vo- viewpoints. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, one cool. po- one po- political podcast I've been really enjoying listening to is Five Thirty Eight, uh, and I think what, regardless where you fall in the political spectrum, it's really interesting. It's a lot. It's by Nate Silver, uh, who does the. He's kind of a data scientist. He does a lot of polling, uh, and so it kind of cut. It's more about the political science aspect of it. It's like understanding polling to understand the latest uh, kind of how like. For example, they just did a special last night on the Georgia Six, and so it's kind of understanding the polling and the, mm-hmm. the political science behind it, and cutting through kind of the headline BS of how how typically elections are normally reported, which is not very statistically accurate. Um, so I've been really enjoying that and kind of geeking out on the statistics behind polling and elections and all of that stuff. You guys should let us know what your favorite podca- yeah. podcasts are. Yeah, we're, email. clearly you listen to them. <laughs> yeah. And we're always looking for new podcast recommendations, so let's share. Yeah, so email podcasts at iphonelife.com. Let us know what you're loving and why. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
I mean, we know you love the iPhone Life podcast, so yeah. you can let us know about that too. Yeah, but. you can let us know. <laughs> we, like, we like compliments around here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so back to the favorite apps I've shared with you. Downcast, Overcast, mm-hmm. both good ones to check out. Strangely similar names. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, last comment on podcasts before we move on. I would like, one of the things I dislike about the podcast app is there's not a lot of good discoverability in it. Yeah. Like there's not social, really like true. all they have is a top chart. And like sometimes that works and I think they have category top charts, which is nice. But like I like I like we listen we we started using what was it called like Podly or Podly. something. I've tried out two uh, podcast discovery apps, Radio Public and mm-hmm. Podly. Podly is like a social sharing one, so you find your friends, you can see what they're listening to. You can like it's like a social network for. But it's really bizarre, like how all the podcasts I've discovered are generally because I've in person spoken to people about them. That like yeah. personal recommendation goes a really long way with podcasts. I kind of yeah. assume no one here like Podly though, because everyone downloaded it, but I haven't seen much. I just haven't. I haven't had there. a chance to. Um, I, I think it was a chicken and egg thing. I saw that nobody else was using it, so I just went back to my podcast app. Yeah, I know. I, to none it. of my Facebook friends were on, so I asked these yeah. guys to join uh, so I could get more of an experience with it. It's like in the I middle like of a big people, work thing. Yeah, if people did ad- adapt it, it doesn't seem like it's that popular yet. Mm-hmm. It could be really cool because then if you have like social sharing with your podcast, I think it is That's cool. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. So that yeah. one I thought was cool and one of the knocks on the uh, podcast app. So the app that I'm recommending... It's a game changer. I'm really excited about this. So I don't have you guys had this problem lately where like so many like robocalls on your cell phone? Yes. All the time. I get like ten a week now. Yeah, it's like for something changed where they just do it constantly and you add your cell phone to the do not call list and they still call you. So this app is called True Caller. You download it, it's free. They have a premium version, but as far as I can tell, unless you're really a power user of it, the the free version's totally fine. And what it does is you like connect it to your phone app. And so when somebody calls, it tells you if they're a spammer. So because sometimes you get a phone call from an unknown number, but you actually would want to answer it. Yeah. And a lot of people now just don't answer their phone. I they never don't know do who it is. Yeah. So it tells you, and it's been really accurate. I've avoided so many spam calls since it's happened. And it'll even tell you what kind of spam call just it's interesting but it doesn't help that much uh so i really recommend it it's called true caller it's free and i now it, unfortunately i i kind of think they should go one step further and actually block the calls mm-hmm. they don't do that but they tell me who's calling and that i can avoid it nice, nice. Well, my favorite app that I've been using recently is um, Monument Valley 2, which oh, I yeah. actually purchased and downloaded in the middle of the WWDC announcement. <laughs> it's a very busy announcement, but I really enjoyed the first Monument Valley. The Valley, you have to pay for it. Um, you know, it's a really beautiful app. It's mm-hmm. not like a sort of frenetic paced game where you're tapping and swiping a lot. It's, I find it really relaxing. There's like this really beautiful music and the animations it's are really visually beautiful gorgeous and and then there's just there's cool little like visual geometric puzzles that you have to figure out to advance mm-hmm. and it's i actually do it when i'm feeling like stressed out or just want to like take a minute to relax um, which is not usually what you think of when you think of like iphone games necessarily yeah t- mm-hmm. totally um it's yeah like i said it's kind of expensive i think this one was like 4.99 it's worth it. Yeah, though. it's more it's than really, you're used to really spending. Nice. But uh, you High know, quality. it's the kind of thing I like. I really want to support these developers because there's clearly so much like skill and work put mm-hmm. into it, and it 
it's really enjoyable. Absolutely. Cool. So those are our apps of the week for you guys. Uh, this wraps up episode 61 of the iPhone Life podcast. It's hard to believe we've made it to 61 yeah. already. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to email podcasts at iPhoneLife.com and let us know what you're listening to. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, Thanks so everyone. much, guys. Thanks.